Hello and welcome to The Specialist. I'm your host, Rob Barnard, and in this episode, I'll be talking with the husband and wife team behind one of the UK's fastest-growing mortgage broker firms, John and Lisa Stones. John launched Mortgage First back in 2008, and I must say, what great timing with the credit crunch just around the corner. But since then, the company has gone from strength to strength, with every department of the business growing year on year. I'm looking forward to chatting with John and Lisa about the highs and, of course, the lows of the journey, how they managed to combine running a busy and growing business with a young family, and what tips they would give to anyone listening who's thinking of making that step from being a one-man or woman business into a much bigger company. John, Lisa, I'm absolutely delighted that you found time to talk with me today. Hi Rob, thanks for having us. Hi Rob. Hi both of you, really delighted with that. So come on, considering the well-documented challenges the industry as a whole faced in the last year, I have to say Mortgage First, I think, certainly seemed to really come of age during 2023. You you guys never seem to be out of the news. You're becoming much sought-after speakers at various events, so I must thank you greatly for fitting me in. And, of course, the awards and accolades that your business quite rightly deserves obviously started to come last year, which is great. But turn the clock back for me. How did it all start? Um, well, yeah, thank you for the yeah, for building us up with a kind intro there, Rob. Um, yeah, you know, it's um, it's been a long journey to be honest. It was it was just sort of me as a one man band starting back in back in two thousand and eight. Um, like you say, excellent timing on my behalf in terms of the uh, sort of starting just just before the credit crunch. Um, and you know, I I started off as a one man band, me as an advisor, working left my employed role, set up by myself. Um, and, you know, I've, I've I've sort of said this, told this story many times before, but it was never really the intention to to grow a business. I, I just just needed a job really, and that's kind of what I've been doing for a while, and decided to set out by myself and do it. And it's just sort of escalated over the years, to be perfectly honest. But it was certainly never part of the business plan for us to. Or certainly never part of my plan for us to grow a, a, a big business to the sort of scale we're at today. You know, we were looking at some stats before we came on and there's um, there's 70, 72 staff in total now, wow. which is a little bit mind blowing, especially if you spoke to 2008, John, and told them <laughs> what was going to be uh, what was going to be in store. Where, where then probably the only targets you had back in 2008 were the ones that Lisa set you. Now you've got now you've got whole business to look after. <laughs> Well, I mean, we're going back that far, uh, that that long ago, Rob. I wasn't even with Lisa at that point. I was a young single man with, you know, full head of hair and everything back Get in off. those days. Me, me and Lisa met sort of pretty much uh, a few months after we'd uh, after I'd started the business. Um, so um, yeah, it's been it's been an interesting old journey. Wow. So so they say that timing is everything, but come on, launching a mortgage broker business just ahead of the global financial crisis, the like of which the world had never seen before, must have been challenging. I mean, John, was was there ever really a time in there when you thought, you know what, stuff it, I need to go and do something different and earn some money? Um, on an absolute regular basis. I mean, I would describe myself back in those days as um, quite naive. I think. Um, you know, I'd, I'd only ever worked as, as an employed broker um, and, and quite insular in terms of that brokerage as well. Um, so yeah, being perfectly honest, I didn't really understand what was happening in the mortgage market or what, you know, what the credit crunch was going to be. Or um, at the point when it, it started happening, I'd, I'd gone so far down the line with starting my own thing that it was almost too, too late to turn back. But yeah, absolutely. During those sort of first year or so, there was many times when I was looking for employed jobs in the industry, looking at jobs outside of the industry, thinking about just jacking it all in and, 
know, I had to borrow money off my parents oh. and, and all kinds of things to keep it going. So, um, and probably a similar story yeah. to you, you can hear from loads of people around the country at that time. I mean, I, I was made redundant in 2009, I think it was, as part of the crunch. And you think, what can I do? It's all I've ever done. Um, well, can I say that, and I know I'm not alone when I say it, I'm absolutely delighted you stuck at it. I mean, what's the, as it started to sort of see, as we are now seeing green shoots of recovery from, from last year's slower year was was there a time and almost a eureka moment when we started to see the market recover from the credit crunch when you thought you know what we've turned a corner here and i can really make a go of this um i think for me again as i, as I sort of touched on uh, I, I was quite isolated insular naive i think you could probably describe in terms of my understanding of the, the the market in the industry at that point you know i didn't really i didn't go to events you know never even heard of awards dues or anything like that and now you're ever you know, present <laughs> yeah i know can't get away from them now but it was um you know at that point i was it, it was just kind of me so i don't really think in terms of the credit crunch i mean i remember the eureka moment for mortgage first when i actually sort of started thinking wow this could actually go somewhere and and that was when we um um i'm going off on a bit of a tangent here but we um pay-per-click advertising was sort of how we originally started growing the business right so i was very much a, a local mortgage advisor in chesterfield um you know dealing with local customers and it was um you know it was you generated your leads by sort of word of mouth and that kind of thing and i, and I, and I stumbled across pay-per-click advertising and this is not too much longer after the sort of credit crunch had started easing um and i, and I can i can actually remember the client to this day it was a, a guy who lived in huddersfield um, and the um, I got a lead through um, through pay per click. We just started doing it. Spoke to this guy on the telephone and went out and saw him and and, and signed the mortgage up. And I remember driving back from that appointment, thinking, wow. right, okay, well, this 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 I could be onto something here because nobody was really doing pay per click. Certainly not to the level that they do nowadays. And I, and I remember thinking, well, hold on a second. If I could be dealing with customers in. Huddersfield, what's to say I can't be dealing with customers in Newcastle or Liverpool or London or Southampton? And it, for me, as as the the start of Mortgage First as it is now, that that was really kind of the eureka moment of, okay, there, there might be something in this. Wow, and yet it's great that you remember driving home from that first sign up, thinking, you know what, I'm onto something here. I think that that's really quite quite sort of uh, ironic, really, that that's it. And and don't tell me you met Lisa by giving a mortgage advice, did you? Lisa is um, a friend of mine from school. Lisa is uh, his cousin. Um, so there's three and a half years between me and Lisa. So when we were at the age of being about, I was at the age of being about 15 or 16 and Lisa was about 12-ish. Yeah, he used to um, babysit me brilliant. and my little sister. Not me personally, but my mate did. And he had long cousin. hair. He had long Never. hair at that point. Yeah, yeah long hair. And um, so yeah, I used to tag around, and we used to go and drink her dad's beer whilst he was whilst he was out. So absolutely and phenomenal. The, that's how we met, actually. What a wonderful story! <laughs> and it's the, it's the head of hair, John. That I, I can't I can't sort of uh, get out of my head at the minute. I'll show so. you the pictures next time. I see yeah, I'll get fantastic. some pictures out for you, Rob. But since then, I mean, the business has obviously gone from strength to strength, and and I know it's a real team effort. But but how do you share the jobs out? Come on, Lisa, who who does what? Um, well, I suppose it's something that always keeps evolving. So, but on the whole, I think John and I still are responsible for the same jobs that we always have been within the business. Mm -hmm. um, so for John, he's always been, you know, he's always worked on the advice side, the, the lead gen, the growth, where I was, I've always been involved in the, in the kind of behind the scenes business operations. Um, and the other thing that John, I suppose the task that John takes on is, is the ideas man. 
So what happens is he'll go on a long drive by himself somewhere and he'll come home and say, I've got an idea. And that, that usually means more work for me. Yep. You know, um, the, the, this is when he comes up with the ideas for, you know, the launch of protection first that happened last year. Um, so he's the ideas man and I'm very much the kind of operations behind the scenes. So I'm responsible for our back office teams, our admin team, our accounts team, everything from payroll, HR, um, marketing, uh, organizing all the events alongside Paul Lewis. Yep. Um, and I think, you know, when you grow in a business, you do have to just do everything. Um, and you're kind of okay with that. You know, we've, we've done everything we've grafted, but then as the business develops, you, you bring people in or you promote people or you, you know, you empower people to take on these responsibilities. So now we've got an accounts team, which we've never had before. Um, we've got senior support, uh, functions within our team. We've got heads of departments, you know, that take some of that, that responsibility off us. So, yep. You know, we're we're always working towards now. Our 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 main priority is 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 running the business. You know, overall running the business and making sure we're there for our senior team for them to run their departments well. And it, and it, having that infrastructure around you allows you to do that, doesn't it? It allows you to step yeah. back and look at your business rather than working in it. If that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, but initially you do have to do it all. You know, totally. you've got to graft. You've got to do. You've got to wear every hat and you've got to do it all and you've got to be okay with that. And you, you can only bring people in because there's a cost. Obviously, you can't totally. bring people in day one. Who, John, do you, do you remember your very first member of staff that you recruited? Um, I do, yeah. Um, it was a, my first admin um, back in, I had a little office in Chesterfield Town Centre. And it was my, my first, I remember my first ever admin. I remember my first ever advisor as well. I remember the interviews. Wow. I, I can, uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's the longer you're doing it and the, the kind of, bigger it grows you know things sort of start merging and blurring into one a little bit but i think those first sort of hires and those first recruitments are um yeah i think they you'll you'll always remember you'll always remember those kind of events and, and you know what i think i think the easy thing for people that that sort of want to grow a business think we'll take another advisor on but it's great that the first member of staff was a, was an admin for you and, and it's something that pepper we feel really passionate about supporting the administrator role because i think that allows you or allowed you at the time to then carry on doing what you were best at to do the selling the sort of business development work and let the admin then take over the processing of the case for me we we started growing because um, you know, I had to. I had too many leads, and I couldn't cope with it all myself. But my first, um, my first port of call was to take on an administrator because I was doing all my own admin initially, and um, which then, you know, like you say, freed me up to do the bit that I was good at, which was speaking to the clients. And only then, at that point, when I then hit the next ceiling of having an administrator and still being too busy was the point when I first took on a took on an advisor. Yeah, no, brilliant. I mean, <laughs> I, I know having spent a little bit of time with you, service is everything to you too. Um, I mean, just looking at your website, which you've done beforehand, you, you've got a five-star rating from a rapidly approaching 1,000 reviews. And I think I'm right in saying a massive 99% of all the respondents were willing to recommend you to friends and family. And that's that's got to be the best testimonial you can get. But how do you ensure that great customer service is maintained when on a day-to-day basis now it's not you actually having that first-hand involvement with the customers i think it's leading by example so even thinking back to when john was advising in in the early days he, he was really good he was great with the customers he had that balance of the professionalism and the friendliness and i think from day one that's just been ingrained in our company ethos that we're doing the right thing for the customer yeah um so it just comes naturally to us and then therefore 
we're leading by example then to our team and as owners like you say we're not on the front line with the customers but it's our job or, or as managers or heads of departments it's our job to motivate your team empower them coach them train them and and also make them happy because what's the saying happy staff equals happy customers you focus on your team and therefore they focus on 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 the customers and the outcomes for the customers but i think secondly it's about the process you could be the best advisor you could be the most knowledgeable advisor you could be the friendliest but if you're not organized you don't have a process how can you deliver a quality and efficient service to your clients you just can't um So as a business, we're constantly challenging that. We're never, we're never happy, are we, really? We're, we're always challenging, can we do this better? How can we be more efficient? What process can we use? Um, and I think finally, it's, it's think about who's linked to your business. Um, so who are you recommending on? What solicitors are you, you, know, you referring to? Because it's your reputation on the line. If you're passing business to someone else, they've got to deliver to your customers totally. in the exact same way you do. And simply if they're not delivering we'll move on to the next you know that's that's what we've got to do because it's our reputation it's our customers and it's our service standards that we need we, we need to maintain um but yeah, yeah we're proud of the results that, that we that we get i mean if, if 99 percent of people are saying yes we will recommend you guys i think you're doing something right and i think it's key isn't it it's and it must be that nervous bit where you are having to step back to run the business rather than work in the business that you've got to you've got to sort of hopefully sort of make sure that the dna that you inject into the business runs right through it and it sounds like you're doing something right because at the end of the day you're exactly right if you recommend a solicitor that's an extension of your business isn't it and you, yeah, you can't it. have anybody that's going to tarnish that in any way shape or form no, that's it. So I'm not asking you to give any state secrets away, but what's the plan for 2024? Market might be still sort of quite sluggish. Um, I guess for us, the, the plan is we, we've grown quite aggressively over the past couple of years, both in sort of recruitment of advisors, um, bringing senior staff, um, and, and obviously the purchase of Peak. Um, I think sort of 2024 is the year where we will, you know, we're still looking to grow because if you're not growing, you're, you know, you're, you're not only standing still, you're going backwards as the saying goes. Um, but I think the, the the headline figure for 2024 will be maximising opportunities. Um, yeah. So we are, you know, we'll be growing. Yeah, there'll be, there'll be, you know, some more advisors come through at some point, but we're looking to increase the business levels that the, the firm as a total is doing through, you know, various different sort of avenues. We will um, be, we had a massive increase in protection figures last year due to the work that sort of Dave Corbett was doing with our protection first trading style of the business. So, you know, we're looking at increasing that even more, obviously in line with um, the requirements of sort of consumer duty and things like that. And um, we're also dipping our toe in the, the, the specialist side of things as well. Oh. A little bit of, of exclusive news for you, but we are launching wow. a new um, trading style of the business very, very soon, which will be, believe it or not, called Specialist First. Um, it did take too long to think up of the uh, think up the new name on that. Um, but we, <laughs> Cost me thousands to come up with the name of this podcast. <laughs> but we, um, yeah, so we, we've, we've hopefully got a couple of experienced uh, specialist guys coming in to, to help with that, as well as um, a few of our... Um, existing advisors getting upskilled and dual authorised in terms of doing that side of things as well. Um, so, yeah, the plan is, you know, we're still looking to grow, um, but it's about maximising the opportunities rather than just sort of bums on seats and that. And it's never That's been great. about that, but rather than, uh, you know, just about growth through headcount. 
and, a, and as a specialist lender, it's it's sort of manner from heaven that that you're looking at sort of making the most of those opportunities because the specialist space is growing, whatever we think. And and I think the specialist market has changed so much over time. It used to be specialist was adverse, and it's not anymore. It can be just literally, I always say specialist lenders pick the baton up from the high street when the high street simply don't like look of a case and, and it fails a credit score. So there's so much opportunity. You know, and I think that's that's something that we've had our eyes open to a little bit. You know, my my background as a mortgage advisor is very much bread and butter mortgages, you know, residential, buy-to-let, first-time buyers, remortgages, little bit of life insurance, critical illness to cover the mortgage. That 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 was that was me as an advisor, to be honest. The protection side of things has, you know, has, has opened our eyes to all the different sort of needs and requirements from a protection point of view. Um, and likewise, you know, speaking to sort of specialist advisors and, and looking into that, it's a whole new market and it's a massive market. And as a firm such as us who predominantly still, although we have a large client bank and we have a lot of introducers, predominantly, you know, generates a lot of new inquiries through through the internet, the scope for, for what we're potentially losing out on and putting in the shredder by not, um, you know, the, having those um, proper relationships in place is, is frightening. And like you say, it's growing as a, as a, as a country, you know, there's going to be more people that are going to require specialist advice as well, what with the cost of living, etc. So it just makes absolute sense that this is the next sort of step in our in our journey in terms of sort of growing our, our overall uh, proposition. Brilliant. Um, and what, what advice would you give to anyone listening, guys, who's maybe currently thinking about taking on more staff and moving from just being responsible for putting food on their own table to that having a, of having a staff wage bill to meet every month? And I suppose... The risk is different whether you're looking at bringing in self-employed or employed. That's the first thing to consider. Of the self-employed, a lesser financial risk, but um, then the compliance and reputation risks are higher because there's less control over them with them being self-employed. Employed, the financial commitment is there from day one, so you've got to be ready for that. But then you do have more control over over their output. Um, and, And as John already said, it's... First, asking yourself, are you growing for the right reasons? Are you growing because you've got too many leads or because you have to or because your advisors need extra admin support? And I, I think it's also, if, you, if you're looking at advisors, I think it's it's bringing in the right people as well. Um, you know, I think when when I first recruited my you know first few advisors, it was, it was probably more a case of me thinking, wow, somebody actually wants to join me rather than, was this the right advisor to, to, to work for us? Because, you know, um, uh, a wise old man once said to me, the more advisors you bring in, the more risk you bring in into your business. Um, yeah. Because, you know, ultimately it's not their business. Um, and the reality is that they probably won't care quite as much as you because, um, you know, it's not their firm, it's your baby that you've built up. So you've got to be very careful that you are bringing the, the, the right, you know, caliber of person into your business that that you trust with your with your name and your brand and your and your reputation. And, it, and yeah. it's making sure that you you set up operationally as well. So you're bringing people in, right? Who's who's going to manage those people? Who's going to be responsible for HR commissions, contracts, health and safety? Um, you know, who who is that? Who you know is that you or is it you're, you're promoting somebody within the team? Um, so it's all those considerations. You need to be prepared for that and it is hard there's no doubt about it it's it's hard you'll be stretched thin you have to wear all the hats um because your day-to-day jobs are still there but then you've got people to manage as well and people that are coming to you with questions so 
you've got to be ready and that's just try and be as prepared as possible. It's literally going into it with your eyes wide open, basically. Yeah, exactly know, that. know everything that you need to consider. I think that's that's the best bit of advice you can give anybody. So come on, you both combine running a growing business with running a young family at the same time. And we've heard that John has a little penchant for Sunderland Football Club. But how do you both manage to switch off and relax if indeed you do? I think it's it's making sure we t- forced ourselves to turn our phones off yep. and put them down. We're both yep. quite partial to a... Um, true crime documentary Oof. so you know we'll sit and watch we like a 24 hours in police custody um, we love that. Yep. so you know we we'll kind of make the effort to switch off and, and focus on that for an hour <laughs> and not talk yep. work i think it's, it's it's hard it is hard to switch off and, and i think working together as as partners has positives and negatives so you know we, we we get home from work and many a time it'll be an hour and a half later and we'll still be talking about some work issue and we've not even took our work clothes off or turn the TV on yet. Um, yep. And it's hard not to go down that path. And then likewise, it has its positives as well. You know, because yep. we work together, um, if there is an issue at work that's, you know, potentially going to impact somebody's mood and that kind of thing, then the other one is aware of it and, and, and you know, completely gets it. Whereas potentially you don't get that if you and your, your partner are, are working in separate businesses. So when it's commissions week, what John's trying to say is that Oof. he he knows I'm I know to stay away from it. <laughs> he knows to sort the kids out. Don't even ask. Make my tea. Get me a glass of wine. And I know you like to sort of uh, help and support out the boys' football teams, don't you? As well, I think that's that's something that you do quite a bit of. Yeah, Billy plays um, football on Saturdays and Sundays, so we'd, we'd sponsor his sponsor his teams and that. You know that that pretty much takes up my weekend, to be honest. You know if he's if he's playing an hour's drive away on the other side of Sheffield or something like that you know that's that's kind of it so we're, we're, we're pretty sad to be honest we don't go out that much to, to you know we've got young kids we're, we're more than happy being at home like Lisa says watching some kind of Netflix true crime documentary drinking a, drinking a glass of wine or a beer and it's, sorting the kids out it's and not that's sad us. at all it's wonderful so come on how, how can people find out more about your story and the services that Mortgage First offer uh, website mortgagefirst.co.uk we're on all the social channels Facebook Instagram TikTok now um, TikTok? Yeah, we yeah. TikTok? yes we're on TikTok John yeah, yeah, there we yeah. go um, yeah we're on TikTok and um, obviously LinkedIn and John and I are on LinkedIn personally as well as the business so, uh, so you can connect with us on there Brilliant. John and Lisa, thanks so much for both taking time out to talk with me today. All I can say is, is wow, you've got a great business that is without doubt going from strength to strength. And what I like the most is that you're just proper down-to-earth northerners with no edge, airs or graces, simply working hard and giving others the opportunity to join you on the journey. And it's great to see you starting to reap the rewards of your endeavours. Having spent a little time with you both on what actually turned out to be a very thirsty Thursday in Chesterfield last summer, I, I can see from the way your faces light up when you talk about your business that you're all still excited by what it has to offer and long may this continue. In starting and growing your business you've obviously faced challenges along the way but you've overcome them in style and it's great to see how you both combine living together and working together to make the perfect business and family partnership. I'm certainly going to keep an eye on the success of Mortgage First. Without doubt you're going places. Thanks for joining me. Thank you, Rob. Thanks, Rob. And of course, a big thank you also goes out to you, our listeners. If you love the content today, then please let us know on social using our hashtag, hashtag Podcast. And of course, hit follow to get notified when our next episode releases.